Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. Hi. Hi. You have a few days here. I what do. What are you going to do? Watch tape of the Nuggets. Watch yeah. a lot of tape of the Nuggets. We'll get there in a minute. We're, we're saying that because the Phoenix Suns beat the Los Angeles Clippers 136-130. I am absolutely worn out by that game and just how it went. David Brandt was having... Not a mental breakdown per se, but he entered the press room just saying, like, I had four different leads and I need a cigarette and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) Just an absolutely mental game. Um, We expected and talked about how the Clippers were going to come out with a sense of urgency, to say the least. And, look, there are some times where you're like the Nuggets against the Timberwolves, right? And, like, the Timberwolves have looked pretty bad. And if if you're thrown off a bit by them having urgency in the in the closeout game, fine, I get it. But with the way the Clippers dictated the style of this series the whole time, and just the energy that they were playing with, this was the most obvious. Like they are going to come in here and they are going to win this game if you guys don't do something about it. Like you are not going to be able to coast through this game. You guys are twelve and a half point favorites. You're minus five fifty or whatever it was in the money line. You're but you're just not going to be able to coast to it. And it's not like they played that way. They had a good first quarter, but then they're down nine at halftime after second chance points were just a killer. I believe it was 18 second chance points in in the first half. If I scroll fast enough, I'll be able to update you on that. It was 21. They had 10 offensive rebounds and 21 second chance points in the first half. The Suns gave up 40 points in the second quarter. And Kevin, for the third time in five games, Devin Booker looked around just didn't see enough getting done and he was like all right i'll do it i'll just be the best player in the world right now and went nuts had one of the best quarters in playoff history is now coming off of one of the best series performances in playoff history and i understand the gravity of me saying this with the history of the national basketball association but all the statistical precedents that i was looking through this is one of the best first round performances we've ever seen and he went absolutely nuts in the third quarter. And they needed it. The wild part is, as much as people will point to, oh, Kevin Durant's on this team. They were stopping Kevin Durant. They were. I'll give him that. But the, it wasn't like they were just saying, okay, Book, you do it. We don't want Kevin Durant to do it. They were throwing everything at Devin Booker. And I think that's the most impressive thing. I mean... For very different reasons, Ty Lue's postgame was very, like, those guys are exhausted. They've been through everything. We can get into that in a little bit, but yeah. just, like, they blitzed Book. They would literally send doubles just to get the ball out of his hands. They zoned him. They did. Zoned him. Late in that game, when they did make a run, they cut 20-point lead down to two, and basically it was a Russell Westbrook. I, I didn't get a great look on it. Missed layup, I guess? No, 99 times out of 100, he makes that. I, From my angle, at least, maybe the contest from someone. I can't remember yeah. if it was Duran or Aiden who contested it at the rim, but 
he makes that like it's one of those where he sneaks it off the backboard i've seen him make that a million times not a million but i would guess how many times have i seen russell westbrook make that left-handed layup in my life probably like 450 at least okay. like and I'm, I'm okay like i can actually make that You're claim in the math it's probably head. been like 500 times i've seen him make that layup at least i mean that's how close they were and okay so third d- quarter yeah booker outscores the clippers on his own 25 to 24 it is the third quarter in playoff history since 1997 stat heads quarter finder stuff and looking up quarters overall only goes back to 97 but i'm guessing there's only a few others in history where a player has scored 25 plus points in a quarter dame lillard once in 2019 and then Allen iverson once in 2001 he got 26 and you pointed this out and i put this in my recap those are two guys, when you think about the way that they played offense, they just carried their teams. How they, their teams were constructed, too, and, yeah. And, yeah, their teams were built to be that, – that's the 0-1 Iverson team that went to the finals against Kobe and Shaq. Like it was and Tyloo. Shout-out Aaron McKee. Shout-out Eric Snow. Shout-out shout Theo Ratliff. Shout-out to Kevin Matumbo. Yeah. Shout-out all None of those, those lads. None of those are offensive but, juggernauts, per se. Mm-mm, no. You're not really finding that skill set there on that roster. Didn't expect us to be taking strays at the 0-1 Sixers here on the pod. But I that's the beauty that of it and why we listen to it. I loved watching that Who team didn't love Allen Iverson as a child growing up? Anyway, Devin Booker did something that Allen Iverson did, which is a pretty cool check mark on his list. The Suns scored 50 points in the third quarter. 50. They were down 9 at half at the half. They were up 17 at the end of the third quarter. I said this on our video we did about an hour and a half ago. I don't know what happened. I, I watched. I was I was typing and doing my thing like we always do in the fourth quarter of games that seem to be over. But I was looking up. I was paying attention. And I don't know what happened. The Suns were up 20 at one point, And then all of a sudden, like you said, they're down. They're up two with two and a half minutes left. And the offense stagnated. They couldn't find shooters. They disconnected whatever all of the analysis and like here's what actually happened thing but no i don't know what happened like i just don't under i i don't understand it i don't know i can't explain it all of it is difficult to condense and explain i can't do it i think it was as simple as there were too many mental lapses and they they shut down. I mean, they shut down. There were a couple good possessions where it was just a missed shot, but even after the missed shot, it was bad transition defense. Um, a lot of it was trying to milk the clock with, like, four or five minutes left. And they just, it's like, man, just run your, do whatever you were doing before, Devin Booker. Even he was a culprit there. So they've had a couple of those moments in this series that and that's concerning to me if you're like monty and you're like why does this keep happening we have our again it's not even about the landry shamit minutes as so much as our best players are on the court and they're kind of to blame in some cases for the mental lapses and again the transition defense so i don't know i i think this team is look what are they 12 and 1 mm-hmm. with KD and Book? I think they do very much have this we can turn it on whenever we want and we can make up like 
how many times did they make up nine 12-point deficits in this series? I guess. At least you, you four can't or five? Be, you can't be talking about on and off switches in the playoffs. I don't care who you're playing. Oh, no. I know. But yeah. I think this team is dealing with that, and I think at yeah. some point they They're, have to they – like ha- it's natural, but they have to get over it is what I'm saying. They've relied on it is what yeah. you're saying. Because and they can do it. They've gotten they away with can, it so far. And they can get away with it, but they're not going to. And no. we'll talk about the Nuggets uh, later in the pod. We're probably varying in the opinions in terms of how much they need to really figure out against this Nuggets team. We'll get we'll get into it in a bit, like I said. But anyway, in this in the fourth quarter, two point game, Westbrook again misses a lamp that I've seen him make hundreds of times watching him play. They go down the other end. Booker gets a midi. It's like he he gets a midi because like Westbrook like takes a shoulder or something. Like I didn't really understood what happened, but he just got free. A minute goes by. It's a two-point game again. Nick Batum has a semi-contested three where I'm like, I have the perfect angle on it from my seat, and I'm like, that's not going in. But while he was getting in his form, I was like, is this about to go in? Are they about to lose? And then are they about to lose this series? That's where I was going because I don't want to be – I feel comfortable saying this now for the Suns fans listening because they don't have to live in this timeline anymore. But I think they lose the series if they lose this game. No. I think so. Nah. I think they go back to L.A. I don't think it works out. I don't think they figure it out there. And then they come back here at Game 7 Demons. And I think they lose. If it got to Game 7. But I, I think I think it would have got to out. 7. And then maybe Kawhi is back for one of those games. I don't know. I don't want to go that far. I, anyway, like yeah. that, that's, that was my thought. And I'm probably pretty alone on that. But I, I did not feel good about the way that that was potentially going to go. But who misses it? And then Booker gets a run out. I, I the Clippers were tired. I don't know. I got to watch it back, but he gets a run out. Landry Shamit is running out with him. Landry Shamit was on the floor during this time. We'll get to that in a second. Booker throws a pass a little bit behind him. It looked like the Clipper player got a hand on it, and there was no call of like out of bounds or whatever. I, I don't know if it went off I the Clipper player and then thought, off of Shamit. I think they were trying to argue. I think it was Norm Powell kind of grabbed Shamit or something, where like he yeah. he pulled him toward. It wasn't Shamit's fault, to be clear. Yeah. But then Shamit comes out. Josh Kogi comes in, immediately gets a steal. Yeah. Durant gets uh, a layup, and then Durant later draws free throws, which was a fitting end to the series because he's been drawing free throws through their physicality yeah. all series. Booker ends with 47 points, 8 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 steals, 3 turnovers. He was 19 of 27. He's now the 8th player in NBA history with multiple playoff games with 40 points and 10 assists. This is what he averaged for the series. Have you seen this? Say it again. 37 points, point two. Five rebounds, 6.4 assists, 2.6 steals, a block, three turnovers. He shot 60% from the field. I was like, that kind of seems crazy. So I looked this up. When you take a five-game span in the same postseason, and we're just talking about field goal percentage of 60 or or higher, and then points per game. So those are numbers that go back. George Mikan is one of the guys who did this. Like That's the beginning of the NBA, basically. He is the first guard to ever do it. 35 points per game. 60% 60% field goal percentage or higher over a five-game span in the same postseason. He's the only guard to ever do it. Kareem, Giannis, Elgin Baylor, Bernard King, Kawhi Leonard, Mikan, and Shaq. Shaq like, there are some times where I do this. Like I know some people don't really like the cherry-picking stats or whatever you want to call it when there's like a couple of qualifiers in there. I just like to do it to see... This isn't a baseball podcast, but yeah. I just like to do it to see how if the numbers match how historic that felt. And, yeah, that was a historic run. And, by the way, if Jimmy Buckets puts up another 35-point game with 60% 
north of that. He's like on a similar trajectory right now. So we'll see how game five goes for those scrappy Miami Heat pushing the Milwaukee Bucks to seven before they fall. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Had to do that to you at 12.15 or 12.38. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's one of – it's it's the best playoff series ever by a son. I, think, I don't know if anyone has said that out loud yeah, yet or tweeted it. It probably is. It is. I don't care who it was against. It was. And they needed every single bit of it. Kevin – how did Kevin Durant wind up with 31 points in this game? I watched that game. I saw all the points he scored. I don't know. For the series, it felt like the second quarter of game one where he had 17, and then a little bit of game four is where we started to see a little bit of Slim Reaper. In the same way where we saw we see point guard and we're like, is that you, point guard? Same kind of thing with Slim Reaper. He averaged 28, 7, and 6 and shot 52% from the field in this game. In this series... And it felt like he was not involved, not involved, did not live up to, I don't want to say hype, but he did not live up to the very lofty standard that he holds as a top three basketball player, in my opinion, on planet Earth. And then you go through Booker's numbers and you're just like, as long as they have those two guys playing at this level, they're going to be fine. And I think that they will be fine. Let's end on, uh, as, in terms of the game, let's go to Shamit. Um, yeah. Here's what happened. Torrey Craig played 17 minutes in this game. He took one shot. He was a early sub um, at, I think, at like six minutes in the first quarter he checked out. But then in the third quarter, it was like three minutes in, Josh Kogi comes in. And both of those were coming off of possessions where, and multiple possessions where the Clippers were getting inside and they were getting rebounds and things like that. And Monty had seen enough, so he was pulling Torrey and then he was bringing in a Kogi, presumably for... Maybe not more rebounding, but definitely more point-of-attack defense. That's what was happening. So then Monty explains after the game, I ask about Shamit, and he says, they were playing off Josh. We wanted better spacing. We put yeah. Landry out there. Now why don't you put Damien Lee out there? I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but he trusted Shamit in those moments, and I know fans will – it drove fans nuts to a certain extent. I understand why, because Shamit has been – this guy for the team where it just feels like he keeps getting opportunities and keeps getting minutes there was a point in I can't remember when we got there but in February or March where even me the the optimist and the guy trying to give him chances and see the logic in him playing had had cut bait on it and I didn't see the point in it anymore for him playing and he played in this game and he played in crunch time and no matter how you feel about this, I don't know if there's anyone listening at this point who believes that Shamit should be playing, honestly. I think that's kind of the point that we're at with just pretty much every, everyone unanimously agreeing, except for the head coach of the Suns right now, that in terms of his involvement in the rotation. But again, no matter how you feel about this, I wrote this. The bottom line is we're through one playoff series. They don't know about their fifth guy. They don't know. Campaign. Came back, was available. How many minutes did he end up playing? Like five? He played three and did it in the 10th man role where it was with like four minutes to go in the second quarter when Chris Paul went and got a rest. Never came back, right? Nope, three minutes. And two assists. Was supposed to be on a minutes restriction. He was like whipping the ball around really well. It looked like he was just trying to get his legs, his bearings. And like, look, Monty, I think, did post game kind of address like, I don't want him switching on you know these big wings or whatever the bigs like you you can't have that so matchups maybe okay i see it shaman's not a great matchup for the big wings either and like his last shift 
okay, you know you're getting the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Missed three. We've seen too many of those where it's just like they just need you to kind of hit one and be a little afraid of you. And then he, I think he passed up a, a corner three in the left side, drives, did the thing, just goes into traffic, and he just panics in the air. Not a good finisher at the rim if they're contesting, and it just was bad, and you could see it coming. And that, I think that directly led to the Russ missed layup because it was like, oh, you yep. you just panicked in the air, and Russ misses a layup. Yeah, this is playoff yep. basketball. Um, but yeah, and then as soon as he's subbed out, of course, Sakogi makes like the biggest play of the night yeah. and steals the ball, and that's that. So. Like, Josh basically stole time from Tori and Shamit tonight. Um, hit a three himself. Missed a couple others, but, like, his trajectory is starting to pick up. Biombo had a good run. Yes. And so there's seven guys. I wrote I wrote about this for pre- to preview the game, and what I had landed on is that they've got eight. Now, Damian Lee did not. Damien Lee got the second half run basically in place of Shamit in the last two games, and I thought that was enough to the point where it could be declared that he's the eighth guy. No, he's not still. Uh, he got seven minutes in this game, missed both of his threes. I thought that he was, again, fine when he was out there. But Akogi, out, out of all of his numbers, 33 minutes is the biggest one just because it gave some guys some rest. Now, Tory Craig only played 17 to help that a bit. But it does indicate that for at least two minutes somewhere in there, Kogi got someone rest, which is progress. Biombo in 12 minutes, eight points, eight rebounds, two assists, three blocks, one turnover, and five fouls. I think that he has been pretty good. Just the rim protecting alone is like just, okay, even if you are a matchup problem and switches, things of that nature, man, people are afraid after you flash in front of them or block one shot like that changes and that's why his plus minus and why his block numbers have been so good because he's been in there causing problems yeah so they've got seven guys and it'll be interesting to see how they change the rotation at all against denver i do wonder if uh duran if the five starts to open up now because denver uh brought in old friend deandre jordan and uh old friend zeke naji into the mix in their five rotation old friend thomas bryant DeAndre Ayton oh, killer. Will he be back man. in this series? DeAndre Ayton just becomes DeAndre Ayton. Tremendous you... success against Nikola Jokic, but against Thomas Bryant. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, we won't see any of those guys, I think, though, because they're probably going to stick to Jeff Green at the five. It worked really well in the Minnesota series. If they weren't going to do it against Gobert and Towns, they're probably not going to do it against the Suns team. Maybe there's some Durant at the five options there, but I think it is progress that they've gotten the seven guys down at least, but it's just not enough. And to go back to the fifth guy, I think it points more at them not figuring out who the fifth guy is because I just think it should have been a Kogi the whole time. But I think we all believe that it is a Kogi and the guy that's going to close games unless Tori really has it going is probably going to be a Kogi, especially in this series. I wrote this after game one when Tori started. I was like, this, this is just probably going to be a situational thing. And I wrote, looking at next round, they could very well face Denver, who has Jamal Murray, and unless Book is going to guard him or Tori is going to guard him, like Josh is the most natural matchup for him on on those teams as a whole. But I think, again, the bench-making progress, that's good. Katie, 31-6-4 in this game. I don't really know how he got there. DeAndre had a much better first half. In the second half, it was more of a mixed bag again. I, th- I, th- I thought he was good in this game, and I thought he was solid in game four, but overall not enough that they're getting from him right now. 
Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute when it comes to Denver. We should shout out the Clippers one more time. They were phenomenal in this series. I think that history books are going to show Clippers and Clippers lost in five. They, they were down their two stars at a certain point, and that was that. But it should hopefully paint the picture much better um, for those who were watching it, at least, of how imposing that they were and how much they could have won this series. And I'm not doing the 3-1 thing again. I'm saying game, game two. They won game one. Game two was right there. Game three was right there. Game four, okay, that's where it kind of started to click a bit for the Suns. And this one, obviously, yeah. was there. I mean, they're, they've been through it again. Um, Russ resuscitating his career. I didn't realize Ty Lue said he, like, skipped out on, like, seven funerals of family members this season earlier. Um, yeah. And, and stayed with his team because they were in a losing streak. And he's just, like, he had that leave of absence, I think, when he was on the Cavs. Dude works his tail off his dudes follow him and like people are gonna make fun of his quote post game which was basically like we haven't lost playoff series with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard healthy and that dates back two years already um but like part of it was they felt that close without those two guys and that's why and I kind of wrote on this just perspective of when you have stars like you never know and to to give Monty some credit like okay I have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant you read off the numbers they have right now I'm gonna play them 40 minutes like yeah maybe they get hurt but also like why wouldn't I play two of the greatest players on earth right now and, and try to get the most out of them and try to go for this thing so I see that perspective too um that that team's really good if if they get those guys healthy and that's a big if but like they're they're well constructed russ's presser was really interesting he had a lot of good things to say about that organization so like just mm-hmm. reading and knowing steve Ballmer owns him um he might be back and they might be a problem still but we'll see I thought there was a chance we were going to get the Clippers role players hit 17 threes in a game game that I thought was going to come at some point in the series. It did not come in this one. The closest that we got was the Nick Batum game. Do you know how many points he had in the first four games of the series? Five. He had three. He had 19 in this game. Oh, Do you know? I thought you were feeding me good information, not guessing over Do you there. know how many rebounds he had in the first four games? Three. Five. He had six tonight. He took nine shots in the first four games. He took ten tonight and made seven. He made five threes, and he made one in the first four games. He was great. A lot of these guys were great. Westbrook was three of 18, and I thought he was awesome again. I didn't even notice he was shooting that badly. No, I didn't even, and I don't think anyone should care at this point if he's going to continue to play that way in a two-way respect at least. Our guy Terrence Mann played well. Bones Highland was, was doing Bones Highland stuff. He was certainly trying to shoot that thing. Zubach was good. Marcus Morris kind of had some moments. Had a good day. Yeah. He, he was not great in game four. It looked like a good sign for the Suns that he was starting game five, but he uh, paid off the faith shown from his coach. Do you want to – I should have asked you this before we were recording. Do, do you want to come back Friday and preview the series after we get, like, two days to think about it, or do you want to quick hit it now? Because we'll be back – can quick, quick hit it, but we should do another pod. We'll do it Saturday. Okay, so we'll we'll really preview it on Friday night. We can tease it and with our feelings about how it's going to go maybe. Wow, right look now. at that. Uh, I will have a story up on ArizonaSports.com by, what do you think, end of tomorrow night probably when we run it? Oh, yeah. Uh, by the morning. The okay. one you sent me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I sent you a story that will go live in the morning, it sounds like. 
Uh, The series previews are coming again. Part one. uh, Can DeAndre Ayton stifle Nikola Jokic again? I think that that is a huge X factor in the series because... We have video so you can see me tugging at my... That one? Is is that the... the, Collar. The uh, sound effect for that that they use in the old old days. Um, Two years (laughs) ago... It it really helped the Suns emphatically sweep the Nuggets that DeAndre matched Jokic, but they didn't need it. They didn't need it to win that series. They were the far better team. I don't know if they'll need it for this series, but it would really, really, really help. And again, if he does it, they will. If he does it like he did it two years ago, they will win the series. But if he doesn't, then it, I think it's a coin flip. Really, we'll see. The big change, of course, is Jamal Murray is back, so Suns fans can stop hearing that from Nuggets fans now. Um, Murray has been pretty good, but their offense outside of Jokic kind of didn't show up in the last two games against Minnesota. They were fine against... I thought Minnesota was more of a dumpster fire than anything when I was watching those games specifically. But Jamal Murray's back, and and playoff Jamal Murray had some brief showings uh, in that series as well. They've still got Michael Porter Jr. They've still got Aaron Gordon, who had a eventful four games in that series he scored 18 in that first game and I remember you and I were like man he was awesome and then like no one else was there and then he was invisible the rest of the series I think that he had half of his points in game one yeah for the series Christian Brown and Bruce Brown Christian Brown spelt brawn but he refuses and says I am Christian Brown Accompanied by Bruce Brown off the bench. Spelled like the color. Bruce Brown, the reason why we keep screaming at the heavens about the taxpayer mid-level exception, they got that guy for the taxpayer mid-level exception, (laughs) and he turned out to be pretty important for them. Brown has been a good rookie for them, and then Jeff Green has been more of a polarizing figure for the Nuggets, it looks like, this year, judging by how their writers that I follow react to him throughout the year. But he had a pretty good first series, it sounds like, uh, in the first round. So that's like a run-through of their roster, and I think that KCP is the other guy, of course, who I thought defended Booker well in the first round two years ago for the Lakers, Um, and then he got hurt in that series, which was a low-key big injury that happened in that series as well. It's kind of a run-through for them, like, personnel-wise as a team. I think the big question, and, like, the one I'll ask you before we go is, before we really dive into it is, do you think they have enough talent-wise to make this a real legitimate series that could go, like, seven? I'm not even going to... I know I teased a tease prediction. I honestly don't know, but I think it's going 6-7 either way. Okay. Um, I think they match up really well. I think you just stick Aaron Gordon on KD. I think you... KCP and Bruce Brown on book. And, like, they have a more versatile defensive roster to handle the Suns compared to, you know two years ago I think even compared to the Clippers like they're in a good spot it it does come down to like I just think DA if he's running hard I think Jokic played like 40 minutes today mm-hmm. just playing decent defense on him like I don't even care about DA's numbers per se I just think he needs to uh oh no. he needs to run he needs to run, yeah. He needs to run. He ran that whole series. Like, Jokic, if Jokic gets 20 points in a triple-double, fine, but you can't have Jokic going for 40 and carrying that offense because I think otherwise they're going to be in de- a decent spot. I think if Booker's on yeah. Jamal Murray, they'll be fine. Like I was looking through the uh, 
the old pieces that I had from that series, and there was one from the outstanding Caitlin Cooper in Indiana who charted something along the lines of, like, Nicola's uh, miles ran or whatever, like, his tracking data for how much he was moving on the court. Like, they were making him move so much more than the Trailblazers were in the previous series, and that had a lot to do with what they were doing with him schematically as well, so they've had a lot of success there. And again, same coaching matchup as two years ago, so there's going to be a lot of similarities with the series as well. But also, I just think DeAndre was running up and down the floor all the time. Like, Jokic is a guy who you look at and you think that he he is extremely fit and he has an extremely large gas tank. But a lot of those games, by like the mid-third quarter, he was worn down. I think that the campaign thing when he accidentally slugged him in the face was a frustration foul of, like, I'm at my wit's end here with this series. I've done my best. And yeah. it's... He wasn't trying to get tossed is what I'm saying, but the frustration setting in there I think was a product of a byproduct of how the series had been going for him. Uh, I I think it's Suns and six, not an easy six, but it'll be six. It won't go seven. And I want to say Suns and five because I think this Clipper series was the best thing that could have happened to the Suns. I think that it pushed them defensively, offensively, but particularly offensively with the physicality that they were playing against. Good luck to the Nuggets coming close to the physicality that the Clippers played with in the series. Ooh, they're going like, to just even, pick on Michael Porter Jr. Even tonight, Eric Gordon was just bashing KD, and like they were just getting into him over. I think KD is going to feel like as free as he has on a basketball court in years, probably. See, that's the thing. It's like I think we're going to know five minutes in. Yes, the Suns' 100%. offense is going to look completely different. Or it's going to look broken, and we're going to be like, okay, this is actually broken. Or, oh, the Clippers were that good, which I think it's going to be that one. Well, to your to your point, I think physicality-wise, like how much is Aaron Gordon getting into his chest and getting under him? Because that was the thing is that Gordon yeah. and Mann were actually able to get under him because they're so much man, smaller like, man was, than him. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I saw KD, like, switch, switch man off of me. Yeah. Like, I'd rather have... I don't even remember who it was, but, like, Morris, this little probably. guy... Yeah, this little guy yeah. up in me, like, I don't want to dribble here. So... I, I don't know if Gordon's Gordon probably is the right fit, but then again, they put Gordon on book two I years think, ago, so yeah. maybe they try some wonky well, stuff. Well, that was because they, yeah, they were looking uh, at yeah. they had Facundo Campazzo and Austin yeah. Rivers out there. That was that was not as good of a that team. That was just necessity. I think we'll know early. We'll know early in the series. Game one will be very indicative of how the series is going to go, and I think that the way the Suns were able to channel the physicality positively in this series by getting to the free throw line proves that they are capable of taking it in and, and using it to their advantage, and, and in this way, they'll come in there in Denver and be the be the, I think it's great that they're starting on the road for them. I think that's exactly what they need. I do not think they needed to start a series at home. I think they need to go on the road, get in a hostile environment, and be the ones pushing the other team around like the Clippers did in this series, quite honestly, and showing them, like, oh, like one seat's cute and everything. But I think they're going to come in with that kind of mindset, to be honest. Like, I, yeah. DeAndre said it in the locker room. was just He referred to them as, like, not best team, or but something to the effect of respecting the fact that they were the number one seed in the West this, this year. And Jokic I, said that the Suns are the favorites to win, so they're trying to. Oh, we're the worst uh, team each other. Oh no, we're the worst. That's how we you believe. Yourself we together. believe in 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 the Nuggets. Still, we believe. Yeah, yeah the Suns. I, the meme that I, everyone's trying to meme that the Suns are the underdogs. Suns fans are trying to do it. It's really funny. Like, team didn't have any all stars. <laughs> the underdog. I think KD was an all star, but he wasn't technically an all star for, for He went there. 
He was an injury replacement. He does appeared. That, is he still an all-star if his, if he doesn't play in the all-star game? I but think he was so, an injury yeah. replacement. Does it still count as he's an all-star? I don't know. If you get injury replaced, you're still an all-star. All right, let's go home. We'll talk about it more on uh, Friday, like we go, said. So Go expect. watch the Ant Edwards every field goal and tell us how the Nuggets did against that. That's what my project is. Sure. You probably and did that already. Yeah, I'll see how Jamal Murray looks and a bunch of other stuff looks. And... Uh, we'll see if we podcast Friday because if the Cardinals take an offensive lineman third overall when Will Anderson Jr. is on the board, I'm going to drive (laughs) my car off of the Grand Canyon and I will never be seen again.